I want to jump right into the message today, 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to read a little bit, uh, carrying on from last Sunday. Uh, we're going to read 16 verses of scripture today. Look at your neighbor and say, we can handle it. We can handle it. This is pretty much half the chapter. Next week, we'll continue reading the rest of the chapter. So uh, if you haven't been getting your Bible reading in, we're going to take care of that for you, okay? First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. It says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishba in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until... I give the word. Now pay attention as we read the story so you can grab the context so that when we start unpacking this, you know where we're going. Okay, verse 2. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by the Kirith brook near where it enters the Jordan River and drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside the Kirith brook east of Jordan. Watch this verse. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. Everybody's follow along so far, okay? Y'all good? Yes. All right, verse 7. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there, there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon, and I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Pay close attention here. Verse 10, so he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a, wid a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. It's a bad day, am I right? Yes. Strong stuff. Verse 13, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. That dude had to be hungry. I don't know if he was a teenager at this point in time, but how many of y'all feeling like this guy may have been like 16, 17? That dude was hungry. I noticed all we got left, but can I have that? <laughs> Verse 14, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Listen to this. This is awesome. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. And there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. It's such a good scripture, all right? Got a little dark there for a minute, but then you've seen hope on the other side. Let's pray before we jump into this. Lord, just thank you for this time that we have today to gather together, first and foremost, to worship you. And Lord, I, I just pray today that as we're connecting with you, with our worship, Father, that, Lord, that we will hear your word clearly. We'll hear what you want to say to us. And I pray, God, that it will change our lives. It'll change our perspective and help us to be the men and women that, that you have planned for us to be, that you want us to be. So, Lord, we surrender ourselves completely to you right now, Father. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, let's recap a little bit because last week we kicked off this trilogy 
in part three of divine direction. So it, it's kind of like messages coming just at you from every angle. They just keep coming. And so uh, I had to break it down a little bit or else we might be here a little while. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, we usually are here <laughs> a little while. Just hang tight. I see two of you shaking your head like that's not true. And I appreciate you. <laughs> the rest of you might have to preach a little harder. Anyway, not really. Um, last week, we started talking about three things that we can be confident of. One of the things that whenever it comes to making decisions is do we have the confidence to do what we know that we need to do? And that can present quite a challenge to us. And last week we said that God will challenge your normal. And that's something that, uh, you know, you live any amount of time. You will see that just as soon as you got everything perfectly laid out, something happens. Whether it's something with your family, something with your job. Or, heck, man, just a weekend uh, outing that you were planning to do. And next thing you know, it's 102 degrees in the shade. And uh, it just different things can come up. But we definitely see that God will challenge your normal. And we see that God will often lead us to a place where we'll, he'll lead us from a place where we're comfortable and everything is normal to a place that is unfamiliar. We used the story last week of the blind man that Jesus healed, that he literally led him out of his own village in order to heal him so that the man wouldn't just use his senses to find his way around, but he would totally, completely rely on God and the miracle that God would do in his life for him to be able to see. And in this story that we read here today, Elijah had to prophesy a drought. Now, if I'm a prophet, the last thing I want to prophesy is something that is going to affect me. Am I right? Like, I don't want to go tell the king we're about to not have rain for a long time and we're all going to have a drought and i got to go live in the woods by the brook and the birds are going to feed me that just doesn't sound like the life that i want to live am i right but this is what he had to do this is what god had instructed him to do and god was messing with his norm it was messing with his everyday routine and it puts him in an uncomfortable position but in his uncomfortable position god was faithful to him because god provided for him even though there was a drought going on in the land he still had water to drink and even though there was scarce food around, the birds were literally feeding him. And I know that just sounds crazy, but this is the Bible, and God can do anything he wants to do however he wants to do it, even without our permission, okay? Because God is God like that. And when he does it for you, it's, it's okay. When he does it for others, it's kind of like you can't do that, am I right? And so we see in this story that God's doing something pretty incredible for Elijah. And there's three choices that we have to make whenever we get challenged. Whenever God challenges our normal. And, and this is what we have to choose. We have to choose to be confident in him. In other words, where are you going to get your confidence from? A lot of times we get our confidence from things that are external. We're getting our confidence from our paychecks. Or some of us are not getting our confidence from those paychecks. Others may be getting it from there, okay? We get our confidence from other people. We're trying to get our confidence from different things that we have built out through our life. But when those things get challenged, what is going to give us the confidence that we need? And the confidence that we really, really need is going to come from our Father in heaven, amen? That he says that, hey, I love you. He says, you're my son, you're my daughter. He says, I got good plans for you. He says all of this stuff for us. And so if we just truly believe it, we will walk in the confidence that God gives. Amen. And then we have to choose to be committed to him, the commitment to him, because as soon as we break the commitment to God, we're putting ourselves in the place of vulnerability because it's literally saying, I got this. When I say I'm not committed to God anymore, I am saying that I can carry this by myself. You ever tried to do something by yourself and realize halfway through that was not a good idea? 
I've tried to do some home projects and got halfway into it and say, what in the world? And I got to call people to come and bail me out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, just trying to lift stuff that is way too heavy. And it's like, what are you doing? And I'm still going to try because I don't want to bother anybody. You know what I'm saying? And then they find out you didn't call me. Like, why didn't you just call me? I would have helped you. You could have killed yourself, son. And you just don't think that way. But whenever we choose to break the commitment with God, what we're saying is, God, I don't need you. I got this. In reality, though, we need him. And I think it's important for us to stay committed to him. And if we stay committed to him, even though we may be in an uncomfortable place, watch this. We can get our comfort from him. We can be comforted even in the middle of the mess. I want you to know, even if you got some things going on in your life right now that may seem chaotic, it doesn't mean that you can't have comfort and peace in the middle of that war. Right. Amen? Just because the battle is raging all around you doesn't mean that you can't have some peace inside as long as you know that the battle is the Lord's. This is a little recap from last week. So watch this. When God challenges your normal, what he's trying to do is get your attention to show you who he is. He's trying to show you, hey, I'm good. A lot of times, though, we interpret it like this. When I go through something bad, that means God is mad. And that is not true. It just might mean people around you are mad and crazy. Okay? Let's not put it on God. People are crazy everywhere. But God is good. Okay? God is good enough to put you in some positions that will grow you into somebody you never, ever thought that you could be. Amen? Amen. So today I want to give you the second thing. As we're talking about three things we can be confident of. The second thing that you can be confident of, first one was this, it was that God will challenge your normal. The second thing you can be confident of is that God will reveal his purpose to you. You can be confident of it. God will reveal his purpose to you. Now, some of you, you may say, well, I don't know because I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, hang tight. We're going to walk you through this today and hopefully share some things that's going to really, really help you to understand God's purpose for your life. So let's look at this story with Elijah, okay? He prophesies the drought. He's led to the brook. He has water to drink, and the birds are feeding him, okay? And so as the drought is going on, obviously the brook is going to dry up, okay? No rain in the land for some period of time. The brook's only going to have so much water. So now the brook has dried up. And this is a golden opportunity to say, God, where you at? You're letting me down. This is what it seems like is happening. Like, oh, it was too good to be true. It only lasted this long, but now it's over. And God's leaving me hanging. He's punishing me because I didn't do something right. And that's not the case at all. Because now Elijah is in another place where he is in need. And God uses his need, listen to this, to lead him to the next place that he needs to go. And so he has a need and God says, hey, I want to take you to this city called Zarephath near Sidon. And there is a widow there and she is going to feed you. And so Elijah's like, oh, God, you're faithful. He went to church that Sunday and was feeling all good. The victory is yours. You know, he's just singing this song as he's heading to Zarephath. Y'all like that little solo right there. Snuck it in. He's all excited, shows up over there, and he finds the widow, and he asks for a little little drink. Just go to the water cooler over there and get me a little something to drink. Remember now, we're in a drought. Let's not forget that. So for her to have access to water, it's pretty incredible. But then, just as we mentioned when we read the scripture, he said, I'm hungry too. He's probably hangry at this point. And so he shows up and finds a widow that is supposed to feed him because he has a need. But when he shows up, he finds 
that she is in need also. And I want you to write this down today. Because God has a way of using our needs to lead us to a place where there is a need. This is so important. Because if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in what we need and live in survival mode that we miss what God could be doing in that state of our life. This is so important because there's a vulnerability that comes when you're in need. And our eyesight isn't fixed on helping others. It's, I have to make it through this. And what if it's in those moments right there where your need is the greatest and your attention is divided and it's put on the things that you need in order to survive? What if that may be a place that God is trying to reveal something to you that he could not reveal to you in any other place because you had all you needed? You had everything you needed, so your attention wasn't on anything else because, watch this, it was creating a place of comfort for you. And I found when we're the most comfortable, that is where we are usually the most oblivious to what God is doing. When we're in need, our attention is all up. I mean, listen, when we start hitting rock bottom with our families, with personal situations, let the room mirror start working around your job and stuff. You start getting holy really quick. Am I right? Because I, God's got to bless me. I can't be bad right now. Can't go out Saturday night because I'm in need. Once you got the blessing, no, where are we going Saturday? You know what I'm saying? That's not a good way to live. It's attention. I've got to give my attention and focus to God. I think about this. There's a lot of people that came to this church because you had a need. But in an attempt to fulfill your need, you recognize needs that other people here in the church had. And you began to reach out to help them and their need. And it was strange because as you were helping them in their need, it seemed like God began to meet your need. It was odd because I felt like I needed to do this all by myself. But as I began to give, as I began to serve, it was kind of like this thing's coming full circle. And, and now that my attention isn't so fixed on surviving, somehow or another, we slipped into a mode of thriving. It's amazing how this begins to happen. And I see this in this story with, with Elijah because he shows up. He has a need. He's hungry. I need food. Man of God cannot die. It's not good for the prophet to die. And this widow, she's just talking all kinds of negative. We've got a little bit left in the house. We're going to eat and we're going to die. <laughs> her and her son, that's all I mean. And listen, I get it because i got two boys at the house. And when we start getting low on food supplies, it sounds like that. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, we ain't going to make it another day, Mama. Go to the store. crazy. It's amazing that we can go to new places and enter into new opportunities and have one thing in mind. But God has another purpose for us. We may have something in mind, but God has a purpose for us. And he just has to get us there. Maybe God just had to get you here today. Maybe God just had to get you to that e-group. Maybe God just had to get you there. And if you can, if you can get there, then God can, can just kind of give you a glimpse of something. You just... You ever, you ever had, tried to explain to a friend about something that you were at, an event, a ball game or something, and you're trying to tell them how incredible it is, and they just kind of like, yeah, that's great. And you're like, no, nah, man, it was incredible. Like, nah, nah. And then you say something like this, no, you just, 
just had to be there. It was awesome. And they're like, oh, all right. Like, like summer camp. We were going to summer camp in a couple of weeks. And, and I see some of the young people just talking about it, trying to explain the experience of camp. And other people are like, yeah, that's good, man. It's like, and they're like, no, this is incredible. And they're like, yeah, that's good, man. It's good. Good for you. It's like, no, you just have to be there. Yeah. Just have to be there to know what we are talking about. So watch this in the story. Elijah, he comes to this place. And this is a situation. He's got his situation, but he shows up and this woman's got hers. And if you really, really look at it, it's not looking good for his future. Because God said she's going to feed him, and she's got nothing in the house. I mean, we're talking about pancake, flapjack, hotcakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what he's about to eat, and that's it. A little breakfast for supper is good every now and then. Amen? Y'all do call it supper, right? Not just dinner? Supper. Supper. We had that talk at the house. No? So watch this. This is so important. Elijah has a decision to make right here. So do we. He has a decision to make with this dilemma that's going on. Because he can respond to this. Watch this. He can either respond as a poor man... Or he can respond as a prophet. This is his choice right here. Because he's in great need. He's got nothing. She's in great need. She's got nothing. And if he's not careful, he can adapt himself to this situation and miss the moment. And if he misses the moment, it can cause her to miss the moment. And if he responds as a poor man, he can say, well, let's just eat and we'll all die. This is, this is scarce. He can fall into, watch this, the trap of negativity. How easy is it to fall into the trap of negativity where it seems like this is happening, this is happening, it rains on us even when the sun is shining. I'm glad you're having a good weekend. For us, it's just terrible. What happened? Well, nothing yet, but next week we got this, that, and the other. Can't you just enjoy the weekend? Why enjoy it? It's all falling apart anyway. Dude, you need a nap. Just so you stop talking. You know what I'm saying? But how easy is it to fall into the trap of negativity? It, it's the path of, watch this, of least resistance. And it's so easy to go there, and it's hard to speak something positive. It's hard to speak what even God would say in a moment like that because you want to say it, but you don't see it. And when we don't see it, we have a hard time. In, we have a hard time believing it. And when we have a hard time believing it, for sure we're not going to try to take any steps towards it. So Elijah has this option: I'm either going to go poor man here and just act like it's all going to fall apart, or I'm going to respond. Watch this as who I am supposed to be. Who I am in Christ. Remember we talked about that last week. Who I am in Christ is where I get my confidence from. And so he has to respond in a way that others would say, I wouldn't say that right there. Because we want to be so sympathetic. Sometimes we sympathize people right into places that God never intended for them to go. But we want to be so sensitive and not hurt their feelings. Sometimes you got to tell somebody, look, you ain't staying here. Let's go. We're going to help you get yeah. this situation straight. Yeah, that sounds tough, but we're going somewhere. Right. Amen? And they don't always want to hear it, but God, they want to get out of there so bad. So he has to respond. Like a prophet. I wrote this down. We have a choice to make. Watch this. I'll either chase my poverty or I'll chase my purpose. Oh, 
I'll either chase my needs down and try to fix this, try to fix that. Try. Listen, we can't fix it all and then go do something. Right. I've learned that. Okay, you want to you wanna fix your kids because you say your kids are crazy? <laughs> Shut them down. You can't go to school yet. No, no, no. You're supposed to go to school. No, we're not letting you go to school because we're going to fix you first. And once we get you all straight, then we'll send you to school. They ain't going to school because you're never going to get it straight. Some of you are like, why? Well, you, you just said, don't talk like a poor man, talk like a prophet. I'm just telling you the truth. This is stuff that God has to do in their lives. And perhaps we're trying to play God's role instead of letting him be God. Let's, let's walk away from there and talk about something else. Okay? Something to ponder, though. What are you chasing? Are you chasing your poverty, which is what? Which is what I don't have. Or are you chasing your purpose? This is such a key question right here. Because Elijah, he, he, he's, he's in a dilemma. So is this lady. She's in a dilemma. And if you, no matter which perspective you look at it from, because I know. Some of you are like, well, you're only looking at it from one perspective. The prophets, of course you want him to live. He's kind of like you. Well, the lady's got uh, some issues too that need to be addressed. And she's got a response that's just as great. Because watch this. For him to fulfill who God wants him to be, she's got a part to play in it. And for her to be that who God wants her to be, he's got a part to play in it. Are you grabbing this today? And so if they work it out together, it happens. Yeah. That's why I keep saying over and over, we've got to have some people in our lives that help us to become all who God wants us to be because we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah. So let me ask this question. Are we going to live always trying to get something? Trying to get something else. I want this. I want that. Or will we give our lives to being someone? This is so important because we live in a consumer world where we think that the next thing, the next thing is the greatest thing. And I got to get this. And if I get it first, I'm on the cutting edge. Listen, you can get all of that. But if you never become who you're supposed to be, none of that matters. Okay? How are you living your life? Is it chasing something or is it chasing someone that you're supposed to be? So God already told Elijah that this widow is going to feed him. But in order for her to feed him, she has to give up the last little bit of food she has for herself and her son. Think of this. For her to feed him, she's got to give up what she's got. And I already know some of you are getting angry about this. There you go, preacher time trying to take everybody's stuff. That's not what's happening right here. See, what he's doing is he's trying to show her a principle. Usually when we go in survival mode, we throw all the principles out. You don't believe me? Watch when the disaster strikes. And, and listen, really, really good people who begin to live in survival mode, they do some things that are outside their usual realm of conduct. I remember after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, I'm telling you, people were, were, were such in a state of survival, you can show up and try to help them, and they will shoot you to get you off of their property because they were so in protection mode to save what they had that anybody that came around seemed like a threat to them when actually the people that were coming around were help to them. 
And this widow, she has a choice to either see Elijah as a threat or as maybe the help from God. What if she was praying the whole time, God, send somebody to come and help me and my son. God, I'm asking you to provide for my needs. And so the prophet shows up and he asks for a meal and she has to, she's got to make a decision. Am I going to give him the little bit that we've got left or am I just going to hold on and die? And she chooses to follow the principle Sowing and reaping. Reaping and sowing. She realizes that this could be a seed that can can produce a harvest for me. And so if I plant the seed, we're going to have more to eat later on. But if I eat the seed, this is all that we've got. And this is why it's so important that Elijah comes and he doesn't fall into the status of, of being a poor man, but he continues to walk as a prophet so that he sticks with the principles of the kingdom rather than succumb to survival mode type of living. And a lot of us are living survival mode. And it's true because we say things like this, oh, I just got to make it to the weekend. And then we, we're doing family stuff through the weekend. We say, if I could just get to Monday. And we can just get the kids out of school. And I promise you, after a week out of school and you went on vacation with them, you're like, I cannot wait for school to start back again. We got this big project at work. I can't wait for that project to be over. Finally get the project over and you're like, now I'm bored at work. I need to find a new job. And it's this cycle ongoing over and over and over. And really, what is it? It's a search for purpose. But in our search for purpose, a lot of times we lose our principles. Yeah, come on. We lose the principles, and therefore we wind up in no man's land trying to figure out how did I get here. There are some principles that come to living to living for God. Yeah. So watch this. This woman, she doesn't just need a meal. She needs a miracle. Yeah. She doesn't just need another meal. She's got a meal. What she needs is a way to keep having meals. And if we just live our life for the next thing, what we're saying is I'm living from one meal, one thing to the next, one thing to the next. And watch this. When I don't have the next thing, my life is held up. And that's a scary place to go because God has so much more for us than just things. So much more because the things aren't going to give you the happiness and the fulfillment that you're truly, truly searching for. The happiness and the fulfillment that you're searching for is not going to come from a thing, but it's going to be found in who you are in Christ. And there's a principle to it. It's something that holds you up. Listen, there's a principle to a building and there's structure that is in place. There's foundation in place. And if we don't follow the principles of building, it all falls down. And you can have really good people working on it. But there, it has to stick to the principle. And so she acts upon the principle and it yields a harvest that will not only just take care of her, but also benefit Elijah, the prophet. Now, with our attention and perspective, all coming from Elijah, you can put yourself in the widow's shoes now because you see that God is revealing her purpose as well. She may not be a prophet, but she helps establish his place in other words, we don't know how good he really is till he meets her. We didn't know he could pull off that kind of stuff till he met her. And now that we see how he handles that kind of situation, the way we view him changes. Because now we feel like, okay, he was stretching us a little bit with the principle saying, hey, give me all your food. I mean, it almost feels like a holdup. Am I right? Like, I'm the man of God. Give me all your food. <laughs> Feed me. But he sticks with the principles. And what we see now is he, we don't see him in that stature 
unless she is taking care of her business with who she is supposed to be. He's helping her with her need, but she's helping him with his need. See, it, it's full circle. That's why it's so dangerous for us to become selfish, because when we're selfish, we miss those kinds of opportunities. When we're selfish, we don't see how we can help someone else with their need. All we see is our need, and i got to get, 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 get. But what I have found is this. When I spend my time helping other people fulfill their needs, God always uses them to help fulfill my needs. Come on, this is so good. And many of you, you know what I'm talking about. You've lived this. It's amazing. God stretches you out of your comfort zone. I don't know if I can do that. God says, pay for that kid to go to camp. We don't have that kind of extra money. But you said, I'm going to do it. And as soon as you did it, you noticed something happened with your business. How did that happen? I'm going to tell you how it happened. You planted some good seed. The principles of the kingdom of God work. You planted the seed, met a need, and now God's turning around and meeting a need in your life. That's how purpose works. So watch this. She may not be the superstar in the story, but someone's got to give the superstar their break. Somebody's got to introduce the superstar. And perhaps she is just introducing him to who he could be, who God meant for him to be. He had to have that situation. He had to find a woman that was in need for her to meet his need. Because otherwise than that, he wouldn't be able to be the man of God that God had called him to be. But that moment revealed something to her and revealed something to him. And there are things that God wants to reveal to you and God will use you to reveal to other people. So watch this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. It says, for everything, say everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. Come on, this is good scripture. Above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds purpose where? In him. God knew exactly who you were, what you needed to do. Before you were born, I knew you is what he said. I laid out all the plans for your life. I have good plans for you. And some of you are like, God, I want to do what I want to do. And God's like, I know you so well. I knew what you wanted to do before you even had an opinion of what you wanted to do. It's pretty incredible. But he's God like that. He's good. But we find our purpose in him. We don't find our purpose in our careers. But you got to go to work, amen? Because we've got to pay our bills. you got to go to work. It's okay to go to work. Look at your neighbor and say, go to work. Go to work. Where's my son at? Go to work. So watch this. God creates everyone with a purpose. Track with me. In other words, he created you with something that you were made to do, something that you were meant to do. And it's the most fulfilling thing you will ever do. And it's not just a temporary task, but it's an assignment with eternal ramifications. That's huge to know. Because this isn't just a flash in the pan, quick little thing to get done and get out of the way. This is something that has eternal ramifications, both for you and for others. And watch this. I found that it isn't just something that you go and do. But rather, it's a result. Say result. This is important. Next week, next week, we are going to dive into this, and it's going to be the powerhouse message of this trilogy. I know. I keep telling you that every week, but trust me, we're going somewhere. I, I'm just setting the stage because next week, I might just self-explode up here. For this 
I found that purpose isn't just something that you go and do, but rather it's a result. It's an adding up. Next week, I'm telling you, you got to be here for that. It's an adding up of who you are becoming. It's adding up. And, and, and this is what I've learned. When it comes to faith, we don't always know how to do kingdom math. Meaning this, we don't know how to look at the big picture of everything that we've walked through, look at everything that God's exposed us to, everything that God has shown us, the people that God's brought us in, uh, that God's brought into our lives, the experiences that God's exposed us to. We don't know how to look at it all and add it up and see how God was using it to shape us, to make us, to give us a clue of who we are supposed to be because we're so in the moment, watch this, and we're living out of our poverty. And all we see is what I need instead of who I need to be. And if we become who we need to be, the needs are going to be taken care of. This is so important. So next week, please make sure that you are here. So how does God reveal his purpose? Let's break this down. The first way that I believe that God can reveal his purpose is through his presence. Through his presence. When you read through the Old Testament, it's amazing how God appears to different people. Especially to Moses, because God appears to Moses in the form of a burning bush. I know that's crazy, but God's cool like that. And so it's a bush that's on fire, but it's not literally being consumed. And listen, can we just be cool with God being incredible? Yes. And doing things that are beyond our explanation? That's why he is explained as miraculous. Yeah. And just because you can't figure it out doesn't mean that it's not real. Because we know people that's had miracles. And when we hear them, we say, I just don't know how they do that. That's what makes it a miracle. And when God does a miracle, that's what makes him God. He's miraculous. He's all-powerful, okay? And so God speaks to Moses. And Moses, through this encounter, God reveals his purpose to him. Tells him, look, man, you're going to go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Go do it. Fast forward to the New Testament. There's this guy named Saul who's killing Christians everywhere. God knocks him off his horse and says, hey, buddy, you're the one I chose. And so if you're sitting out there feeling like you're too far out there for God to use, I don't think you're killing Christians. I hope not anyway. God reaches out to a murderer and says, you're the one I want to use. See, your sin doesn't scare God. And all the religious people right there are freaking out, and that's good. You should freak out. Because God's taking care of the sin Amen. with the cross. Amen. Jesus is more powerful than all that stuff, so skin, sin, sin doesn't scare him. Come on, bro. You know what scares him? Unbelief. Come on, bro. The world's sin is unbelief. It's Come in the on, Bible. Okay. Joey's making me fired up. Let me get back to the <laughs> God encounters, watch this. God encounters can result in life direction. You ever was in a moment of worship, maybe here at church, and the Lord said, go pray for this person after church. Oh, I don't, that's not me. I don't do that stuff. Listen, those ladies that were up here for the Mother's Day panel, <laughs> ask them, they're like, that ain't me, I don't do that. Well, guess what? They did it. And it was good, am I right? Yeah. It was really good. In fact, you wouldn't even think that. You would think, oh, they must do this all the time. And they never done it before. God stretched them. Brought into an uncomfortable place. Remember a few weeks ago when I asked Leanne to come up here and talk about water baptism? Yeah. Don't think that was pre-planned. <laughs> it was on the cuff. She responded. 
never know what God, and you say, you're going to call me out? I don't know what God's going to do. Don't blame me for what God does in your life. <laughs> there are moments where you're just so close to God and you just feel, watch this, and I want to use a word that's so important. You just feel a nudge. They talked about leading many group. There's people in here that felt a nudge as soon as they said that. That's not me. I don't do that. That's just what you've never done. But if you're feeling the nudge, that's probably what God wants you to do. Oh, that's just not me. I, that's probably the devil. I'm sure. I'm so sure the devil's nudging you to start a Negro. Hold on, hold on. The devil told me to go pray for somebody. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. I don't know if I should go on the mission trip. I don't, I don't know. Is that just me in the flesh? Or is that the Lord speaking to me? Listen, your flesh is going to say, don't go. Your flesh is going to say, you crazy. You're going to go on a trip that you have no control of? See how quiet it got right there real quick. Some of you are like, I don't know if I'm going on this trip. <laughs> God's presence. Watch this. Our busyness keeps us from God's presence. And there is direction that God can give you for your life in his presence. But perhaps we're chasing our poverty so much that we never make time for his presence. And perhaps we find ourselves lost. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Today, I'm going to invite you back to the presence of God. I want to invite you back, watch this, to the basics. I want to invite you back to Bible reading. I want to invite you back to prayer. I want to invite you back to times of worship where you're literally lifting your hands and singing to the Lord. Watch this. Oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. I, I hear people say that over and over. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. What do you do? And I mean that in sincerity. What do you do? Because when you're living aimlessly, what are you doing? Let's take time to be in God's presence so that he will perhaps speak some things to us because it's in God's presence where he'll say, go forgive your spouse. It's in God's presence where you're saying, I don't know what to do with my son. And he says, go apologize to your son for the way that you've been talking to him. I don't do that. That can create a miracle in your family if you did that. You know, I know that. Some of you are still waiting on your dad to come say, I'm sorry. Little things, but little things. We're waiting for the grand superstar event that God's going to come and reveal. And God might show you a little thing that sets up all the things. Because if you knew that it was one little thing that was keeping it from all unfolding in your life, you would jump on it in a heartbeat and take care of it. You would jump on it in a heartbeat. Moments in God's presence where God can just drop that wisdom nugget and say, I know exactly what I need to do right now. I know exactly what it is. I may not know what i got to do with the rest of my life, but right now, I need to forgive this person. Right now, I need to be obedient to God. Right now, I need to begin serving. Right now, right now, there are things that God will speak to you right now in his presence. Here's the second thing, second way that God will reveal his purpose. is through problems. I said it, through problems. God can put you in the middle of a problematic situation, not just to show you what he can do, but show you what you can do. 
You didn't know how good of a mom you could be till that teenager started acting like that. And listen, I, we're standing with you because we want to see your home be healthy and whole. But you didn't know how good a, you didn't know how good of a supervisor you were till God till God brought that one person on your staff that makes you pray. Come on, somebody, say glory. You might be getting together with family this weekend, some family you hadn't seen in a long time, and you're praying right now. And this is what you're praying. God, help me not be the person that I could be if they say that. Amen? 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 Come on, this is real stuff. You don't know who you can be till you face a problem. Adversity has a way of revealing some things to us. Same thing in this story. It was revealed to Elijah that, hey, you're a pretty legit prophet because it works. The principles work. You say, what do I do? Stick with the principles. Your family's going crazy? Stick with the principles. Seriously, your marriage is going crazy? Go back to the principles. Finance is going crazy? Go back to the principles. There are godly principles that will sustain you through some problems that you have no idea what to do. The principles will sustain you. They will. That's good. But there are problems that will reveal what your purpose is. Watch this. Jesus died on the cross and solved the sin problem. What did he come for? He said, I come to seek and save the lost. He came to forgive sins. He fulfilled his purpose. We helped him do it. Am I saying go on and sin it? No, what I'm saying is he paid the price for all of your craziness. Let's stop the craziness. He's taking care of it. Let him continue to be Jesus. Elijah, he encounters this needy widow. There was a lady named Linda Dupree who became a gut-filler mom for Cynthia. There was a need. There was a high school girl that needed a mom. And she stepped into the role, opened the door to her home and said, come, live with us. And took on the role of being a mother in her life. Helped her be who God wants her to be. If it wasn't for that woman, she probably wouldn't be here today. That's incredible stuff, am I right? That's real. Hey, that's not just fancy preacher talk. That's real That's real stuff. That's real. I wonder what God could use you to do. What problems he could use you to solve. Because I believe our, pro- our, our, our purpose is connected to solving a problem. And there are problems that people have that you got the goods to solve. You got the gifts. You got the temperament. You've got something in you that others don't have. Why? Because God, he created you for that purpose. Watch this. We have to be willing to be in a problematic situation to see what we're capable of. You didn't know you could do that until you got there. Here's the third way God reveals his purpose to us. People. God can bring people in your life to give you clues and to confirm his purpose. Even Jesus. Jesus comes on the scene. He knows he's the son of God. But you know what? His mom set him up. They were at a wedding. They ran out of wine, of all things. 
And he says, Jesus, take care of this. He says, woman, it's not my time. I would not recommend their sons to talk to their mama like that. He says, woman, it's not my time. And she just looks at his, his followers and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And they take water and turn it into wine. She set him up. Paul, as great as he was, all through writing like so much of your New Testament that we so cherish and love. Paul had a guy named Barnabas that brought him credibility. Because remember, he was murdering Christians. And now God said, you're going to be the one I'm going to use to bring the good news to the end of the earth. And everybody on the ends of the earth was saying, oh no, the guy who was killing Christians is here. And so this guy Barnabas just stands up there and says, he's for real, y'all. He's legit. Listen to what he has to say. Paul needed Barnabas. We need people. We need some people in our lives. That's going to help reveal it to us. Jacob, as awesome as his story is in the Old Testament, he needed Moses. He needed Moses to give him the credibility. Moses, watch this. This is how crazy God is. God used Pharaoh, an evil ruler, to put him on the map. That boss that you got? Cynthia had a boss one time. She called him the Antichrist. <laughs> That's a bad boss. I mean, I've heard people call their boss jerks and stuff, but Antichrist? And I would tell we were dating at the point. I was like, man. In fact, it was the first I took you to lunch that day. I did. I took her to lunch one day. We weren't even dating yet, and she was talking about the Antichrist. I thought she was talking about the end times, the rapture and stuff. It was her boss. You know what, though? Let me tell you something. What was incredible. Had she not had that experience with that boss, there was a boss that she had later on that was, I mean, this guy, he was, he was not the best character of a person. But he opened so many doors for her. So many doors. And our family has seen the blessing of the doors that God used him to open. Has she not had the Antichrist for her boss? She may have thought, listen, this is so good. She may not have been able to handle him. Some of y'all are getting some perspective today. You're learning some things. So let's wrap it up. Here's the importance of living with purpose. Number one, it brings clarity. In other words, it helps you to see the big picture. Okay? It's like going on a mountaintop. And I can see so much now. When I was in the valley, I couldn't see it clearly because there were a lot of things in the way. But when I'm living with purpose, I can see further. I can see the big picture so much better. And it brings some clarity. Watch this. It helps me just understand. That's why I say if you can look at the big picture of your life, you would see, man, God's been faithful the whole time. He's been adding all this stuff up. Man, I'm in better shape than I thought I was. Thought I was falling to pieces, but God's in control. We don't see it because we're in the low place all the time. But Isaiah, watch this. Isaiah 55, it says that his ways are higher than ours. And what is God trying to do? He's trying to help you to rise above all the chaos of this life. He's trying to take you to a higher place so that you can see. So that you can see. And when there's clarity, oh, this makes sense. Purpose helps you see life from the creator's perspective rather than the created. Oh, this makes sense. So watch this. The purpose that God has for you is a kingdom purpose. It's tied to what he is doing. And God's not finished. And neither are you. 
He's not finished with you. It may look like a dead end, but perhaps it's a left turn coming up. Perhaps it's a right turn coming up. Or perhaps God's saying, let's start clearing the way. Just didn't think of it that way because you thought the road ended. That was it. Maybe God may use you to develop something that was never there. Think about that. Some of the places that we live today, there wasn't always a highway there. Someone came through and cleared it out and put a road. And because they put a road, we get to live there. What if you were the one that God would say, clear a path so that other people can go down this road? What if? Purpose brings clarity. Here's the second thing. Purpose brings confidence. It brings you to the place that you say, now I know what I need to do. Now I know what I have to do. Key word in there is now. Now I know we need to do this. This is what I really know that I have to do. And so it helps me to take the next step. We're not going to know everything 10 years from now. You know that whole five-year plan? I love it and I hate it all at the same time. Because every time I write a five-year plan, it doesn't go exactly as planned. It doesn't. It changes. Why? Because God's changing me. I'm not the same person I was five years ago, and neither are you. Watch this. My perspective is different. I see things clearer. I was planning from a state where it wasn't clear, but now things are a lot clearer now. See, it's easier for me to follow his lead than for me to take the lead and not know where I'm going. Confidence doesn't mean you know everything. It means I know the one who knows everything. Amen? Here's the last thing. Purpose brings concentration. It helps you to focus on things that matter most. Helps you know where to put your energy, where to put your effort, where to put your time. It just clears it all up. Purpose helps us find our place. It's a road map. But the Holy Spirit is my guide. My purpose, it points me. But the Holy Spirit, he eggs me on. He encourages me. You can do this. You can take the next step. You can go for it. A lot of times our perspective of the Holy Spirit is, he's just trying to convict me of everything I did wrong. He's also trying to convince you of everything that you can do right. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to help you to go for it. That was so good right there. That was worth your time being here, by the way. <laughs> so let's wrap it up right here. What is your purpose statement? What's the purpose statement for your life? And I asked Gary if I could do this. I was talking to him on Monday. Gary Shiver, he's our lead for the setup team. It's a fantastic job every week. And we were talking on Monday, and this is what he said. He said, I just lift heavy burdens for people. That's what I do. And I thought, that is such a loaded statement. I, I lift heavy burdens for people. Think about that. And he said, and this is what he told me. He said, that's just who I am. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like make Gary look like he's all that. He's already all that. You know that. <laughs> But it, 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 I, I'm telling you, ever since I heard I thought, man, this guy really knows who he is. He knows what he's doing. Try to talk him out of it. You won't do it. You won't do it. And many of you who know him, you're like, it just makes sense. That's what he does. Years ago, I was challenged by a girl in my youth group. She was in Australia at Hillsong College. 
Brian Houston, the lead pastor for Hillsong. Pretty decent sized church, by the way. Got a little thing going on down there. He was teaching a class about figuring out your cause, your purpose. And she told me that they gave him all a little business card, not business card, but an index card, and said, write down your, your life statement, your purpose statement. And so she would call Cynthia and I regularly to tell us what was going on and how it was going. And that particular day, she was so excited to call to tell us because she figured it out. And uh, she was sharing it with us on the phone. I was like, man, this is incredible. And at the same time, I'm sitting there like, man, I don't have no index card with nothing on it. Seriously, all I knew was I was a youth pastor. And some of you say, well, that's it. That's what God's got for you. That was just the position I was in. I mean, there was no way I could be a youth pastor for the rest of my life. Imagine 70 years old trying to lead young people at camp. Let's go. Can't do it, man. I mean, I love young people, but just run out of gas. And so we got off the phone with her, and I didn't really talk to anybody. I just really was wrestling with this thing. Because I knew God was using something she said to try to help me figure out who I was. And for the next couple of weeks, man, I was sitting there like trying to draft a statement and nothing was working. And one day I did something really crazy. I decided to talk to our, our interns at the church about the same thing. I don't know, maybe I was desperate for content, didn't have anything else, and I just figured I'd use what she shared with me. But really I was saying it to myself. And I remember I sat down, it was a blue index card. In fact, there's a Bible that I have from Bible school, student Bible, NIV version, study Bible. And if you open the inside flap, there's a blue business card, uh, index card taped on the inside. And this is what I wrote. I'll spend the rest of my life helping people figure out what God wants them to do. That's it. And if I'm a pastor, I'll do it. If I'm a plumber, I'll do it. If I work a state job, I'll do it. No matter what, it doesn't have any boundaries. But it's what I feel like God wants me to do with my life. And I've sat down with so many people help them to figure it out and it blows my mind because sometimes stuff comes out that I didn't know was there and I wish I could take the credit for it but I can't because it's him and those problematic moments bring it out and I will share that with you because there's some God given purpose inside each and every person in this room and every time you serve Every time you serve, you're dipping your toe in purpose, seeing, is this, the, is this the pool I'm supposed to swim in? Because it might be the pool that I'm supposed to swim in. It, is this the direction I go? I don't know. Let me try it out. You try it out, next thing you know, it kind of feels like this direction, it, it, it seems like the right way to go. You try out leading the knee group. You didn't know that you had that much to share because you were introverted. You didn't know that you can help other guys with their struggles because watch this I never did that before I don't I don't do that but you dipped your toe in the water you realize that wasn't as bad as you thought next thing you know this thing begins to come to you 
And now instead of you trying to find it, watch this, it finds you. Things in your life begin to make sense. And I want to challenge you today. What is your purpose statement? If you had the blue index card, what would you write on it? What would be the assignment that God has for your life that you say, before I leave this planet and go on to eternity, I must accomplish this? Listen, I know I have to be a good father to my children. I know. But you better believe I had a purpose to fulfill in their life of helping them figure out what God wants them to do. That's part of it. It isn't just raising good boys and the daughter. It's helping them figure out what God wants them to do. So I can't just limit it to my roles. That's given. I'm talking about the stuff that isn't your role that you know that you're created to do and the role sets you up to do it. What is your purpose statement? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Earlier we mentioned that the key to this is who you are in Christ. In Christ, in Him. We talked about God's presence. Maybe you haven't had a moment in God's presence. Perhaps you're here today and you're running from God. Perhaps you're here today and you never knew all this about God. Perhaps your view of God was based off of what other people said. But today, hearing this, you realize more and more that God is for you. Realizing more and more that God is with you. You realize more and more that God has a plan for you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Wade, I need you to pray for me. Because I'm away from God. I don't know him as that personal Lord and Savior. Maybe at one time you did, but you're realizing, I need to return. Maybe you've never had this relationship with God. Today is the day I think you were supposed to be here. And if that's you, just while everyone's head is bowed, eyes closed, if you say I'm away from God, but today I'm going to respond. I know he's drawing me. I feel the nudge, Pastor Wade. We can just lift a hand real quick, and then you can just drop it as we see anyone else. Say, Pastor, I'm away from God. I'm away from God. Anyone else? I'm away from God. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to look at me. You know what? God's been anticipating this moment. He's been waiting for this moment right here. He said, my, my child has been gone, but they're coming home today. And I want us all to pray this prayer together. This is my absolute favorite part of the service. I love this more than anything else we do is when we pray this prayer right here. We're going to pray it all together out loud. And we just want to pray this prayer for you and with you today as we come close to God. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me no matter what. No matter how lost I was, you've always been searching. And today, I'm coming home. So I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. To wash me clean. And make me a new person. And I'm ready to live my life. Your way. So I ask you to help me. To make me a new person. Your Holy Spirit would stand beside me. Lead me and guide me. 
where you want me to go to be who you want me to be. Lord, thank you for loving me. I'm all yours. I'm committed. I'm ready to be a new person. In Jesus' name.